What is up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Market Marauder Show, beating the market one trade at a time. Hope everybody's having a great week out there, able to lock in some profits in this volatile market. Uh, we are in earnings week, so there are a lot of earnings coming out this week uh, and in the following weeks. So make sure that you are up to date on all things going on with earnings week. So let's jump into some stock articles. Uh, so that you all will know what's going on uh, in the government as well as around the stock market. Uh, So first, Biden's climate agenda uh, at risk as Democrats negotiate budget bill. Uh, So there was a bill, uh, they tried to pass this climate uh, change act a while ago, kind of got delayed. Uh, There were some things in the bill that were um, not really agreed upon by both parties, so there was no bipartisan uh, buying it, it seems like they're continuing uh, deliberations on some of those. So, uh, Democratic law- lawmakers are scrambling to negotiate alternative uh, climate change proposal for Biden's uh, massive budget plan uh, following West Virginia Senator uh, Joe Manchin's strong opposition to the plan's core climate change strategy. Uh, Manchin, a moderate Democrat, who can uh, sink the bill in a 50-50 split uh, Senate, said that he will not vote for the more than $1.5 trillion in spending and told the, White House's, uh, told the White House he's opposed to a clean electricity plan, uh, a key part of the president's uh, climate agenda. The clean electricity program would require some of the country's electricity to come from zero-carbon sources uh, like wind and solar, uh, power and impose financial penalties to on utilities uh, that didn't meet the clean energy standard. The $150 billion uh, plan is critical for Biden's uh, commitment to cut uh, emissions in half by 2030 and put the U.S. on track to reach net zero emissions by 2050. Uh, the president attempt to salvage um, what he once had been uh, what had once been the $3.5 trillion uh, budget plan uh, in the meeting uh, with members of the two uh, warring factions of Democratic lawmakers, lawmakers on Tuesday. Uh, so the outcome of this week in negotiation determined whether the bill's uh, budget will get passed through Congress and whether the $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill already passed by Senate received the majority in the House. Uh, so this is definitely very interesting um, as far as, you know, what's going on. I've already done a bro- breakdown of, you know, the bill, what's in the bill, uh, you know, who will help, what companies would be involved with the bill. Uh, but there just seems to be a lot going on with this. Uh, there's some other things as well, uh, some COVID uh, language in there um, that seems a little off to me, but there are COVID policy things in there as well in the bill. Uh, so I encourage everybody to go read it. It's public policy. I mean, it's public uh, knowledge. So you all can go and read it. Uh, also read the breakdown and see uh, where the money would be going if this is passed. So I read some of it. Um, I think it's like over 2000 pages long. So it, it is not a easy read, uh, but there are a lot of interesting things in the bill. It was 3.5 trillion at the beginning, uh, like they said, um, and then went to uh, 1.5 trillion. Uh, but um, you know, electricity and going to this electric uh, grid and s- using solar and other 
renewable energy sources is a big part of the bill. So um, one thing that I say um, that I've seen is currently in China, they did a similar bill to this um, and they used hydrogen and wind. Um, and so there's not been enough wind and there hasn't been enough water for hydrogen for them to meet the demands. And now they're currently in an energy crisis. Not saying that that's going to happen to the U.S., but, you know, kind of what's happening overseas in Europe um, and in China as far as their energy crisis is concerned, I feel like it's not being uh, talked about. They are way ahead of us as, it, as far as it comes to, um, you know, imposing uh, taxes on, you know, trying to get carbon neutral. I think their path uh, forward is way advanced or way more advanced than ours. Uh, this is kind of a new proposal um, on the table to, uh, you know, continue with the 2030, um, you know, cut emissions in half by 2030. That's not a new uh, thing to try to cut emissions uh, by 2030. Uh, you know, there's some companies that are also doing that, uh, that are trying to, you know, join in that effort. And so that's not a new thing, but it is new as far as uh, the infrastructure part of it, uh, you know, going to the EV buses, uh, having more EV charging stations. Um, in the past presidencies, EVs weren't really a thing to be talked about, um, and infrastructure really wasn't a big thing as well. Uh, infrastructure has always been an ongoing uh, issue, an ongoing topic uh, for a lot of people, but I feel like it's been pushed off uh, for a lot of presidencies. I think this is the first one that really... Um, is tackling it. So um, if you're looking for, you know, infrastructure related companies, um, if this bill does get passed, I would definitely look at some of the American companies uh, that are in the infrastructure field, uh, because you may be able to benefit from there as well as some of the EV companies. Uh, so continuing with this um, uh, zero emissions, Amazon's uh, new net zero carbon pledge is focused on oceans as shipping giants pursue alternative fuels. Uh, so marine shipping accounts for 1 billion tons of carbon emissions per year, according to the Clean Air Task Force, which is worked uh, with, Aspen, with the Aspen Institute on a new ocean transportation effort. Uh, Amazon and Ikea are among the companies making the pledge to use zero carbon fuel ocean vessels by 2040. New renewable sources uh, of fuel such as marine ammonia uh, will be required and transitioning the ship industry away from fossil fuels uh, will require an intense globally coordinated effort according to CATF. So they are, you know, taking the steps to uh, continue on with uh, what but the Biden administration is saying uh, with going green um, and, you know, cutting down emissions. So there are companies that are also, you know, doing this. And this just goes to show you that there are companies uh, who are willing to, you know, cut their emissions down as well. And so uh, the CATF or Clean Air Task Force um, has cited that ammonia is, uh, well, as a likely option for marine um, through it noted ammonia's approximately three to seven times more expensive than conventional marine fuel. So it is more, um, you know, eco-friendly, but it is more expensive. So there will be a budget hit uh, for a lot of these companies. So 
you know, a company like Amazon and Ikea, I feel like, can eat the cost of that. But, you know, it's going to trickle down to some of the small businesses that may not be able to convert over to, um, you know, this information or this uh, sort of new uh, delivery system. Uh, so I feel like it will trickle down to small businesses and you may see prices uh, start to increase because of that. Uh, so CATS Research uh, suggests liquefied natu uh, natural gas as a trans transition but only transitional fuel, uh, and small-scale nuclear on-vessel as an unexplored option for the future. Uh, it's estimated that ships could change over to LNG uh, and use for a 15% carbon reduction, uh, but the figure would depend on methane leakage being reduced, uh, which is well below current levels. Uh, and so they're find, trying to find different ways uh, to help uh, you know, mitigate this problem, uh, the CATF uh, stated in its research that the U.S. shipping is responsible for 80 million tons of CO2 emissions, uh, a figure which increases uh, for the U.S. shipping fleet to meet IMO uh, 2050 deadline, uh, uses the marine ammonia that would need to reach the reach as high as 47 uh, million tons. So uh, they're trying to cut this down um, and there are paths forward. Um, definitely, there's still a shipping crisis. There are a lot of products that are just out at sea, uh, trying to come into ports, and so, um, you know that that issue has to be solved first, and then we can worry about the uh, going green uh, alternative. So next, speaking about earnings, uh, United Airlines had their earnings this week, and they posted higher than expected revenues after their travel um, demand had rebound. So. Um, you know, a lot of people going out to travel, uh, going, taking vacations during the summer, uh, that definitely helped their numbers. Uh, so United posted an income of $473 million, thanks to a boost of a $1.13 billion in federal payroll aid. Um, its third quarter sales totaled $7.75 billion, compared with Wall Street analyst expectations for $7.4 billion and down 32% from the same quarter in 2019 before the COVID pandemic began. Uh, it posted a per share adjusted loss of $1.02, uh, better than the $1.67 analysis expected. Um, that loss uh, strips out the benefit of federal aid. Uh, and so United shares were up more than 1.7% post-mark uh, trading uh, after United report its earnings. So, um you know, they're definitely doing good overall uh, as far as earnings are concerned, but they did have uh, quite a bit of help uh, from the government. So that $1.3 billion in federal payroll aid definitely helps, uh, but we'll see how United performs uh, after uh, this. And so lastly, we want to talk about um, Social Security. So that's something that, you know, is on a lot of people's mind uh, if you're of that age. And so the COVID-19 pandemic fears uh, that a drop in wages could negatively affect Social Security benefits uh, calculations for certain beneficiaries. Um, but the measures on which those calculations are made, the average wage index was able to bounce back. Still, lawmakers may consider making a change to prevent any future declines in the measurement uh, from impacting how much money beneficiaries receive. Uh, so... Those concerns, um, however, 
uh, have abated according to new data from the Social Security Administration. Uh, the reason comes down to the National Average Wage Index, or AWI, which is calculate Social Security benefits. In 2020, uh, signs emerged that AWI had dropped dramatically from 2019. At one point, Social Security Administration Chief uh, Actuary Stephen uh, Gross or Gross uh, said it could be 5.9% lower from its previous year. Uh, that's uh, that year. AWIs used to calculate benef benefits uh, for people who will turn 62 in 2022 and who will claim disability benefits that year. Consequently, uh, there were concerns about people benefits checks would be reduced. Uh, about 5 million people were estimated to be potentially affected by this expected drop, uh, which inspired a congressional bill proposal to fix the issue. However, new data from Social Security Administration uh, shows that national average wage indexes for 2020 was 2.83% higher over 2019. Uh, so, you know, at first they were they were worrying about it, but then they were like, oh, well, new data came out to show um, it's not really that big of a problem. So the AWI has increased uh, every year from 1951 to 2008. However, in 2009, the AWI declined by 1.5% due to the financial crisis that began the year before, which lowered benefits for those who became eligible in 2011. Uh, the fact that the AWI recovered last year is a sign of strength of the U.S. economy. Um, according to Jason Fincher, who's the vice president and chief economist at Bipartisan uh, Policy Center. So, um, you know, this is something that, you know, we'll see if it continues uh, to go up. Um, I think in 2020, it barely was able to go up. Um, and, you know, we're still in a significant, you know, time period where, uh, you know, there's people are losing jobs and leaving jobs and, uh, there, you know, COVID mandates and a lot of stuff going on in the economy in general. Uh, you know, the whole economy's kind of in stagflation, uh, in my personal opinion. So, uh, with this stagflation economy that we're currently in, you know, who's to say that the AWI will continue to go up? Uh, it may stay stagnant, uh, or it may even go down. So, uh, definitely going to be looking to see how that performs. Uh, I do think the market is due for another collapse, another fall, uh, sometime here in the future. Um, I feel like you know the economy is still being propped up by a lot of lot of money, uh, and so we'll see what happens. Uh, always watch the markets, always watch the indexes to see how they perform. Um, you know, stay up to date with government policies that are coming out because those definitely can help you uh, as far as, you know, making a decision on where to invest and how to invest um, because politics do play a large role when it comes to investing. And so, you know, there are many different uh, factors to look at when investing, uh, but I would say one of the large market movers is definitely um you know, government policy uh, and how the government uh, passes different bills, different legislations uh, that come out. So good luck to everybody there trading. Hope this podcast was helpful, uh, helped you keep up to date with what's going on out there in the market. Um, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace.